0: Uh, This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Spider-Man 1981, episode 16, The Unfathomable Professor Gizmo.
1: What has that damn Spider-Man
0: done now? (laughs) Oh no, it's JJ! (laughs) You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. Insert opening statement here. Excellent. I'm Adam.
2: I'm Matt. I'm David. That's it. That's all you get tonight.
0: All right. Well, for uh, those of you that are just joining us, this is going to be our third Spider-Man. This is our third one, right? Uh, Um, Third
2: Spider-Man? I think so. Third. I mean, I I think you put it right, Adam, Mm -hmm. when you said, like, Spider-Man, we just can't get it up for Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. Like, our relationship with Spider-Man is kind of (laughs) stale.
0: After that that very first Spider-Man that we watched, the spectacular yeah. Spider-Man, I think, really just killed it for us. pupil Spider-Man. He basically got us soft, and we haven't been able to get it up for him ever since. So. Which is unfortunate, because Spider-Man is, is actually like a pretty... When it's done right, it's a pretty fun storyline. And I remember having very fond memories of the 1994 Spider-Man. Me too. I love a lot of the comics. The character's fun, yeah, Yep. But uh,
2: our relationship has just gotten stale. You know, like it's yeah. kind of weird that we we're gonna. I think we should ask him to do some role play, but yeah, he should just role
0: play as an ordinary person. Oh, I was thinking like have him put on a Punisher shirt and uh,
2: oh, run around, whoa. run
0: around Hell's Kitchen, you know, <laughs> Punisherizing. Yeah, just we'll we'll get him to like like really like get into one of those like toxic male stereotypical sort of personas have him go on and on about how he wants to kill Nick Fury for some reason or other I can't even remember why the Punisher had it out for Nick Fury did he yeah there there's actually a whole storyline where the Punisher finally managed to kill Nick Fury and it led to this, like, whole power imbalance within, like, the political structure of the superheroes in Marvel. But then Nick Fury came back because it turned out that he just killed a Nick Fury robot. Yes. I'm sure it had something to do with Nick Fury, or, uh, with, uh, the Punisher, Frank Herbert. What's his name? Frank, wh- <laughs> Frank Castle? <laughs> Frank Castle, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Frank Castle's, uh... Uh, wife and kid getting murdered. He probably linked it to Nick Fury at some point in time. And that was the reason why he had to go kill Nick Fury. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Really what it comes down to is comic books from when we were kids were essentially the teenage boy version of soap operas. Probably, yeah. Like the Young and the Restless, General Hospital... People that watch that type of stuff are essentially the same as us when we were kids reading comic books. And vice versa.
2: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it has the same completely unresolvable narratives.
0: It's like candy for your brain. It's like junk food for your brain, basically.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like beans for your pee hole.
0: It's like Blue Mountain beans. Straight from the bush, right to the pee hole. Once you pop, you can't stop? (laughs) Once you thwack, you can't... Jack? Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So true. So true. You know, I was thinking,
1: our merch item should be a blue mountain hammer.
0: Mmm, nice. Like a hammer in the shape of a mountain that's blue? Or a meat tenderizer that just says blue mountain on the side of it? (laughs) Meat tenderizer.
2: (laughs) No, I don't know that. Like, who's going to buy those?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will, and like, give them to our parents or something. I don't know. Yeah,
2: we're making <laughs> we're making something for ourselves.
0: Um, but I guess that's the point. When it, well, and it will come in a set, right? We'd actually have like actual Blue Mountain Jamaican Blue Mountain beans. Uh, we'd have that device from the original Total Recall the wage shot oh, no. into his nose to rip the tracker out of his out of his sinus cavity. Weren't those? Wasn't that just forceps? Didn't he just have forceps? <laughs> it was like a weird, like it was a yeah. forcep device, but it was like it shot up. It like shot a rod up, and at the end of the rod was like a four prong claw, like grabbed oh, yeah. onto <laughs> the uh, to the tracker and pulled it out. All we have to do is like put the bean in the four prong claw, shove it up there. Push on the button to release it, and then pull it out. I think there might be a libel issue if we sell a set.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: a set, like we, we would get sued by. Uh, we get sued by the Jamaican Board of Tourism, Blue Mountain for, for promoting and then destroying Blue Mountain Coffee. We don't want Folgers on our back. It's
2: supposed to be in your cup, isn't it? They're the. They're the. They're the. The Dark Master of the Coffee World. Their souls are blacker than their roast.
1: Yeah, you cross them, you don't wake
2: up. <laughs> it's so nice. hard to wake up. I've never had Folgers.
0: I've never had any instant coffee. I feel like there was a period of time that I actually had Folgers for... Uh, I think it was when I was an animal trainer. We used to have like the instant coffee in the animal hut. Like a little mm. area where we got a chance to like relax, a little break room, uh, and I think that one of my roommates, uh, way back in the day, used to drink instead coffee.
1: Well, they are a dark roast, and I, I really like the medium roast a lot better. And Folgers is all my parents drink.
0: Oh,
2: really? And oh, really? What did you? So you're like rebelling against Folgers now? Not consciously,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but subconsciously. Every time you see the container of instant coffee, you just yell at it, you're not my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, Spider-Man. Should we get into the Spider-Man? Into the Uh, non-Spider-Verse.
2: Who's, um, what? Tell us, give us a little background on Spider-Man. Well, this is Spider-Man
1: 1981, so it's drafting off of the success of the live-action Spider-Man trilogy
0: of the 70s. <laughs> mm. Quote-unquote success. I forgot about the live-action Spider-Man trilogy. Of the 70s, yes. I remember shots of it. Where
1: Peter Parker was cast to look like Christopher Reeve.
0: Nice. Yes. Yes. And wasn't it? Didn't they nice. also have like musical numbers in it? Where like Ooh. he had to like rip his clothes off and like dance around in in an apartment, and he's trying to like seduce some woman. And it was almost, it was it was less less about the action side of Spider Man and more about like the private life of Spider Man.
2: What? Love am it. I am I don't getting it remember that, right? Or
1: but that I wrong? wasn't really trying to watch it either.
0: <laughs> I've right. never seen them. We gotta add that to our uh, to our movie watch list then. Too hard to torture
2: to list. To our torture to our list yes. of punishments. Exactly. Yeah, because we need more Spider-Man on our lists. I'm trying to. I've hey, been systematically I, I'm trying
0: to eliminate you. the Spider-Man. I'm, I'm putting it in now. S- 1970s Spider-Man or Spider's Man. There we go. Spider's Man. Spider's Mins. Spider's Mins. I think it's spider Man. I think it's Spider's Man. <laughs> so I'm going to put Spider's Men's. Spider's Men. Spider... Spider's Sp- Men. Yes. Okay.
2: Spider's um, Man sounds sounds like the name of a spy.
0: Uh, spider's, spider's Man. Mans. I am Spider's Man. Spider's I will crawl mans. into your nest and devour <laughs> something or other.
1: There's Spider-Man. There's Spider-Man Strikes Back, and there's the Dragon's Challenge, ooh, which ooh. contains a lot of white guys wearing
0: uh, Chinese clothes. Oh no! Oh no! My favorite. Oh, that's gonna have to be the one we watch, though, right? For like the no. new, Lunar New Year.
2: Oh jeez. Oh
0: in celebration of Lunar New Year, we're going to we're going to uh celebrate with whitewashing. Yeah, these all look like black exploitation movies but without any black guys in them. <laughs> I think they were used the same film stock. All right, so let's get into it. So Spider-Man 1981 came out in 1981. This was um uh, uh created to launch the Marvel Productions. Studio, which was the successor of Depet Pet Freeling Enterprises, mm. and the animation was actually done by Toei, uh, the Japanese animation studio. This particular version of Spider Man uh, harkened back to the John Romeda Sr. illustrations of Spider Man used in the 1970s newspaper strips, and due to network constraints and parental demand. Main characters such as Spiderman uh, were not allowed to make fists to strike opponents. So a lot of this they tried to get around by having more fluid animation and just sort of like glossing over the fight scenes a little bit more and focusing on the web mm-hmm. swinging. It's all kick based. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, like webbing and then like swinging, kicking. Riding the web by, like, swinging your body around like a pendulum and kicking the bad guy. That's essentially, like, what Spider-Man was doing in this episode, so... If you haven't seen Spider-Man, if you haven't listened to our show before, if you haven't looked at any of the movies, if you haven't read a book about Spider-Man... It's about a young man named Peter Parker who got bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs>
2: no, we're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. We have to get into the origin story about Ben dying. All right. I, great power. Yes. Comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Uh, he wrestles uh, just for money alone. That's right. <laughs> no, nope, not for the fame or prestige, just for the money. Just for the money. All he cares about is money, money, money. That's all Spider-Man is. He is a geriatric file, money-grubbing... <laughs> uh, capitalist. Capitalist photographer. That's all he's
2: about. He's like a venture capitalist. He's, uh, you know, like... He's all about new inventions, and...
0: Uh, if he, if he was he alive is. now, he would be doing a... He would be in a startup. Indeed. But I feel like in, in this series, I haven't obviously watched any more than I had to of this particular series. Um... But it seemed like they focused less on his intelligence and abilities as a scientist, and more on his uh, journalist journalism career, his focus on <laughs> photography and working at the newspaper. So,
2: yeah, because it it, it makes for like better uh, reason for he, him to be involved in everything. Same with Superman; like, make him work on a newspaper, he'll always know what's going on. There'll be people around who are going to those things. Mm-hmm. The whole world kind of revolves around what Spider-Man's doing. Was it just me, or in this one, or did you feel like his voice was kind of uh, Saturday Night Fever? It was, it was. That it was it kind was. of trying to be, tra- yeah, but
0: I think kind of being I, John Travolta-ish. It, it was kind of John Travolta-ish, but I, the, the funny thing was is they actually had him essentially changing his voice when he... Was trying to make proclamations as Spider-Man, and when he was yeah, saying, Spider-Man had a different Spider-Man. voice than Peter Parker. Yeah, and that was very much like disco, Saturday Night Fever, like performative. Uh, for this particular series, um, Mike would say we're going to uh, leave a clip in the feed for you to watch it, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we're not going to i'll just screw around the uh the opening for this is the best of the 70s it is fucking cacophonous the the noise that they decided to use for the main theme music is just like it is it it hurts to listen to
2: it also kind of it kind of hurts to watch because it's just it's too much of everything and it's so clearly Mm -hmm. like cobbled together from episodes like they have a one scene in the they have a whole sequence in the opening that goes through what was clearly one episode where he was shrunk down mm-hmm. and is attacked by a cat. Yeah. The
1: episode looks awesome.
2: It is yeah, does actually. Yeah, but but it's so clearly like why are they like it's not it's not explaining who Spider-Man is, it's just like no, it's, we it's assembled a, this yeah.
0: a bunch of this f- this footage. What's what's also funny. To, what was funny to me about that whole thing was they they had him shrink down, get attacked by a cat, jump on a type, typewriter, and then they had him mm-hmm. re-bigify, So you actually saw him get bigger, so that continuity within the opening credit sequence <laughs> was held. Yes, it was.
2: They t- they showed you that whole episode.
0: Yeah. So it it definitely is very interesting. Um, The other thing that... Honestly, it
2: was the tightest storytelling in this entire show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I really like, though, or the thing that that confused the hell out of me is they were showing close-ups of different Spider-Man villains, and there are a couple of them that are very uh, recognizable. So they have Victor Von Doom, uh, they had Green Goblin... Uh, cream of the hunter in there yeah. but then they had a, a gentleman that looked like the kingpin which is a regular spider-man villain uh usually focused on daredevil but daredevil and spider-man both fight him at various times however mm-hmm. the giant bald man that looks like the kingpin is shooting lasers out of his eyes so i don't know what the fuck is going on they
2: also have like somebody who's who's clearly like the janitor he's like an an evil janitor in like a a rubber suit (laughs) like a hazmat suit yeah it was kind of nice to see like all of our all all of our beloved characters together in one place right like uh doom has been sold off to um, sony for so long and um so it's like interesting to see all the villains that you could
0: want for spider-man well i think i think doom is uh fox so I think I think we got doomed back oh yeah you're right because he was part of the Fantastic Four mm, I... and Fantastic Four was Fox I'm pretty sure now Disney has gotten everybody back except for Spider-Man and Spider-Man specific uh, characters I think they're the only ones Sony is the only one that's still Yeah, his Rokes gallery Marvel. yeah that's the reason why we keep on getting those Venom movies with uh, Tom Hardy because those are actually just Sony movies and uh, yeah, uh, any of those side characters, uh, Disney has to basically like pay out the nose to get that IP back for their movies. <clears throat> mm. Well, anyway, I mean, they're, they're going to keep milking it. All right, we're way oh, off no, yeah because they're, they're making right. like tons of money off of that. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, again this speaks to our uh, enthusiasm about this cartoon. <laughs> 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 uh, yes we do
2: get to see at the end of the title sequence we go right into spider-man doing something nefarious yes it's, uh, we do. it's unconscionable yep and we know it's evil because
0: it's being narrated by evil voicemen yes yep we open on professor gizmo who was working with spider-man to raise what he calls right now the sunken gold ship. And it's a big scene of Spider-Man underwater in a web bubble, uh, essentially swimming up to a ship. He puts like a piece of gum on it or something. And then (laughs) the ship comes out of a cave and starts to rise to the surface. A giant octopus captures and uh, uh, squeezes Spider-Man in his bubble. And then... Twist, We see that Gizmo double-crosses Spider-Man and says, I no longer need you because you've already done the thing I need you to do. And then, yes. double-twist! It was all just literally a model that Gizmo had made to test out his theory as to whether or not Spider-Man would be able to raise the ship for him in real life. How did this model prove anything? It was basically just him playing with dollies at this point. Right, no offense. Dollies are fun to right. play with. It just doesn't seem like it would. I mean, I love my Give dollies. him any information, so.
2: But I don't. I mean, I don't use my dollies to plan heists. Exactly. I use complicated simulations. His decision making overall in this episode is very strange. It's, it's hard to understand exactly what his motivation is. It doesn't. It's kind
0: of money, but it's also not money. It is money. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes he's... It seems like he's trying to frame Spider-Man for something. And then, like, he completely undoes that in order to try to get Spider-Man. We'll we'll get into it in the future, but, like, all of his motivation seems very bizarre. Also, the physics of this world work as such to be able to give him everything he's motivated to get except for at the very end. So...
2: Yes. If yes. he
0: just had a different idea of what he wanted, he could have had everything. Which is a stupid statement now yeah. that I say it out loud. <laughs> or just a different like if
2: he could have done if, it from the beginning, just with a different plan. He, he, it was yeah. like he was getting paid to include Spider-Man, or yes. he would, had been he had been like uh, left. Uh, you know, he'd been inherited. He's going to inherit uh, the family estate, but they say like, oh well. Instead First, of uh, spending the night in a haunted house, you have to include Spider-Man in one of your nefarious schemes. Exactly. And he's like trying so hard to shoehorn him
0: in. Or he's trying to prove that he's man enough to uh, date slash marry Carmen San Diego. So he has to include all these historical bullshit things into mm, yeah. the activities that he's doing in order to prove that he knows his archaeology or whatever. Especially sunken ships. Especially yeah. sunken ships, exactly. There's a nautical theme as well. Him and Nordstrom. Nordstrom? No. Nordstrom. Nordstroms. <laughs> yeah, no- Nordstrom. <laughs> uh, him, him and Maelstrom, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, no, his name is Nordstrom now. Um, his, <laughs> nice. He is... But he's definitely, like, a much lower-rent version of, of Nordstrom. Like, his yeah. his cultural reference is much worse.
0: It's very, like... And it's
2: all, like, uh, East Coast-centric, uh, Americana-centric.
0: Yeah, like, everything that happened inside of the Atlantic or between Europe and America and the Atlantic, that's, like, his realm of expertise and where he wants to do his yeah. dabbling. Yeah, he's, yep. he's, you know, extensively read the history of the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, yeah. In the mid-Atlantic states, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't even like really go that far out to sea with all of his ideas and the things that he's looking to do. But it's it is so convoluted that you really it really is kind of hard to follow along exactly what he wants here. But at any rate, we we yes. do want up cutting to Peter Parkey and a tux t- Peter Parkey. Jesus, <laughs> Peter Parkey. I hear he and Nordstrom have a lot in common. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights, boys. Uh, Peter Parker Peter is, in a, is in a tux on the subway uh, on his way to JJ's yacht party. And then he spots some muggers and he's like, okay, well, I got to go fight these guys. And these muggers are essentially the warriors. Oh, yeah. They're, they're wearing they're, the warriors uniform. They're wearing jeans, leather vests, and nothing else. Yeah, big
2: uh, cuffs. Big, uh, like, leather or uh, cuffs that are around their wrists. And you're mm-hmm. right, they, they all look exactly like they're, they're white, bald
0: men. Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, rather, goes in between the cars of the train, where everyone can see him, and changes into uh, the Spider-Man costume and throws his tux on top of the train, and then... Jumps into the action, thwarts the muggers real quick, hangs them upside down, uh, shakes them for all their loose change, and tells everybody on the train to grab their stuff. He then uh, changes back into his tuxedo, and has his mask in his hand, and shoves his mask in his back pocket, while he's inside the car, with everybody else there to watch him.
2: (laughs) The muggers seem, like, a little too old to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, out, they're like middle-aged muggers.
0: Yeah, they are.
2: <laughs> uh, and
0: I think that's really interesting. Like, it's really sad for these guys. Well, when, when was the Warriors? The Warriors, I think, it was like early 70s? Mid to early 70s? Uh, late 70s, I believe. Oh, no, early? I can't even remember. Yeah. I, I was just thinking maybe this is actually the Warriors, and they're just, like, getting too old. And that's the reason why there's only three of them now. Oh yeah, because everybody else left the gang to go get desk jobs somewhere. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they they went into finance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And these guys are like, no, I don't. Finance seems cool and all, but I just want to. This is my passion.
0: Yeah, and the real money's on the street, man. Rolling old ladies yeah. on the subway. <laughs>
2: Uh, At any rate, as you were saying, Peter Parker steps out of the subway, doors close and catch on the Spider-Man mask.
0: And he stops, looks at the Spider-Man mask, says, oh, no, my mask. Well, I probably won't need it at JJ's uh, charity party and then just walks away. Yeah, this is a vision of the
1: future where people just leave masks flying around everywhere. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually what I was wondering when I watched this. I was like, is there just, like, Spider-Man paraphernalia all over the city where he's just dropped something and been like, fuck it, I'm not going back for it. I'll just make a new one. And this this whole time he's, like, he's bitching about, like, how poor he is and how he yeah. has to take
2: the subway. And I'm like, dude, you, you fucking are throwing your handmade costume away or, like, what I <laughs> assume is only hours and days of work.
0: Exactly. Yeah, the cost-benefit is terrible on that. But that's where his true passion is, really. Like, he, he does the photography stuff to make a little bit of money. His true passion is in costume design. And he wants to be able to make new costumes, so he has to, like, have a rationale for making <laughs> new stuff. So he has to leave old shit all over oh, the place, is really what it is. Uh,
2: right. It's a little it's a little game he plays with himself. Exactly. Uh-oh, exactly. you know.
0: Uh-oh, I... I... I lost my boot. I guess I'll have to make a new boot. Because my, my original thought was he, he like he wouldn't be able to get the mask out of the door, like the door secured around the mask too tightly, and if he tried to pull it out, he'd basically rip it or something like that, so he just didn't even bother. Or I thought he maybe like did try to tug it when I first watched it, and then I, when I went back and watched it again, I realized he never even touched the mask once it was pulled out of his pocket. And then another man- No, he didn't man,
2: even bother, and, and then- yeah. yeah, just pull, <laughs> but, but, uh, just
0: takes it out. No problem. Yeah, just goes up and grabs it. And, and the other man that picks it up, and I don't know if we even want to keep this in the podcast or not, because I had a hard this time. Was, this th- was sad. I was having a hard time determining if this was racist or not, because it was a black man uh, in a nice business suit, watching walking up, grab- grabbing the mask out of the door and saying, oh, a Halloween mask for my kid. Better yet, a hairnet for my wife. And I didn't know if it was racist, racist or progressive. Because it could have been were... racist. Yeah. He said hairnet. So it could have been racist in the sense that it was insinuating that all black women work in a food service setting. That's like a, a, a not making quite as <laughs> that's much money. And they have to have hairnets in order to like work in that setting. But my other thought was maybe it was progressive because it was trying to draw attention to the links that black women have to go to in an attempt to fit into a Eurocentric standard of beauty that is, like, forced (laughs) upon all of us to this day. I think you are reaching for wokeness. (laughs) I I think that's one of my new... That's going to be a new thing for me. One of my new catch lines. Reaching Reaching for for wokeness. wokeness.
1: (laughs) I I just thought he wanted to put a Spider-Man mask on his wife so he could pretend he was
2: fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> he has the op-
2: He has the opposite problem of us.
0: Nice. Yes. He does
2: have it up for Spider-Man.
0: Nice. <laughs> all right. Um, I, think, I think that's. Where I found we need it to a little distasteful.
2: Right. Yeah, it. it I felt, found it distasteful, it, and it made me feel weird. Yep, it felt that way to me too. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> they are. Uh, they're on uh, JJ's yacht. And uh, JJ, for some reason, he's doing the weirdest charity ever, which is he's collecting diamonds.
0: Yeah, he's he's just mugging these people. Diamonds for the deprived is what it says on a giant burlap sack that they're having people put their jewelry into. And when I first read it, I thought it said diamond diamonds for the depraved, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" (laughs) (laughs) But for whatever reason, depraved of diamonds. That's next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the party cruise. That's next right? week on this spot. <laughs> yeah during this whole whole shakedown the monitor pops up and uh, for those that, you, that don't know the monitor is a, a union ironclad <laughs> built in 1862 uh, she fought her confederate counterpart the Virginia it was instrumental in turning the naval portion of the civil war towards the union's favor It was foundered at the end of 1862 off of Cape Hatteras and was salvaged in 1973. So by this point in time, the monitor had already been found and stuck in a museum. But at any rate, it surfaces and starts shooting at J.J.'s yacht and freaks everybody out. Everybody immediately identifies it as the monitor they knew what it was right away, and JJ, JJ loudly, like, like it's the, like this is the
2: actual crime. He's like, it's got to be a fake. Yeah, <laughs> like that
0: is what the crime that's being committed. And I, I like the fact that in in this particular series, they have Robbie, uh, who is uh, JJ's, not editor. JJ's the editor in chief, I guess. Consciousness. Or JJ's the owner. Conscience. Yeah, Robbie's like the conscious, but he's he's also one of the head uh, writers for the Daily Bugle. And it typically is like the voice of reason and tries to like help yeah. Peter Parker. And in some instances, it seems like he knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and is like helping Peter Parker out.
2: They always it, kind of hint that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They, never,
0: they never say it explicitly, but it is something that's kind of hinted at a little bit. Um, But uh, Robbie basically says... Who fucking cares? It's shooting cannons at us, and it's actually damaging our ship. The cannons are real, even if that's fake.
2: And it instructs them to put all the diamonds in the ice machine, which they do, and that uh, freezes them all into a block of ice that slides off the deck automatically and is collected by Professor Gizmo's submarine.
0: Yeah, he's in a submarine underneath the monitor. And he even says something along the lines of that's it for the monitor. That's all we need for the monitor and hits a button and the monitor basically goes back underwater and we get the best line of the entire episode. Professor Gizmo says, I got a cool million in hot ice. So good. Yeah. Professor Gizmo, I keep wanting to call him Dr. Gizmo. uh, But Dr. Gizmo was his father's name. Uh, Professor Gizmo laments the fact that Spider-Man never showed up So, Professor Gizmo has to come up with other means to draw Spider-Man out, and he announces loudly Mm -hmm. that he's going to steal the spirit of St. Louis from the Air and Space Museum. But first, he needs a distraction. And this is when Professor Gizmo actually demonstrates his true power and how much he is wasting it on these weird, random endeavors because he uses a yes. device to take remote control of two tanks from a military base and has them ride through DC and just start circling around the Air and Space Museum. Go to 504 and watch the newscaster's
1: head.
2: Yes, it looks like his oh. um, his neck breaks. Oh, yeah. oh no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um...
0: He's like a fucking owl as he just and turns his it... head. Like... Almost 180. <laughs>
2: yeah, keeping his body perfectly straight. Um, yeah. It soo- It looks like the uh, that this works. The gizmo works differently on the tanks, and it's just like sending uh, an electrical impulse or a radio impulse or something. But I have to assume that these all work the same, and he's in. He's put a small device on all of these items.
0: You would have to assume so. But he is literally taking control of any mechanical device, not even electrical. It's like anything that's mechanical he is taking control of and he's able to force it to do anything that he wants it to do cuz he does it for the spirit of saint louis also spoilers he steals the spirit of saint right. louis which is has would likely Cause... have zero electrical components on it so likely yeah likely <laughs> no it i'm sure it probably has like a couple of electrical components on it but i'm sure it has no electricity attached to it but if, if, if Professor Gizmo could take control of any mechanical device from any distance, yes. which it seems like he is doing, then there is nothing to stop him doing whatever he wants to do. Right.
2: Or just sell the technology.
0: No, like- exactly, yeah. If, if he sold this to the, to the U.S. military, we would suddenly have drone technology a good, like, 30 years before it actually existed. If you wanted to be a criminal... The U.S. military is, <laughs> like, one of the most mechanized militaries—well, it is the most mechanized military on the planet. And if he could just control a fraction of their devices, he would be able to demand whatever he wanted to. They'd just, like, right. hold, hold of, countries hold the, hostage. Them pro- hold the hostages, yeah, sure. Hold yeah. the world hostage, why not? Hold the world hostage, Yeah do proper megalomaniac stuff. But anyway. And then again, like, why does he need Spider-Man in his
2: initial plan?
0: If he can exactly. just send
2: a beam down, like, he clearly set a beam down to get the monitor. Why can't he just send a beam down to get the uh Conquistador? El Conquistador.
0: El Conquistador. Because yeah, he, he's so focused on uh, uh Spider-Man being able to go to a depth of a thousand feet because he has to go down a thousand feet to get this... uh Gold ship is what he called it initially, and later on he calls it the El Conquistador. But people can actually, normal humans can dive like 2,000 feet and further using the the, the dive, like the hard dive. Uh, yeah, the hard dive suit. And those suits are mechanized, so he could just control one of those fucking suits if he wanted to. We find <laughs> out the next scheme that uh, Professor Gizmo has to nab Spider-Man. He winds up clogging the subway with some errant train cars, basically blocking traffic. And then he winds up possessing a vacuum that winds up going into open vacuums. It seems like this is vacuums across the city of New York from the janitor staff of banks that just go into open uh, bank vaults and manage to suck all of the money out of the vaults up into a vacuum from the 1980s. Yes. And then Into street an, an, cars, the, an enormous vacuum bag. Yeah, basically the bag just continues to expand to fit all the money in a bank. And then a streetcar gets possessed to go up to the front of the bank, and the vacuums spit out all their money, and the streetcars sweep all the money up and drive off. And at this point in time, I'm watching him um, like... Why do you need this gold that you're trying to get? Why do you need Spider-Man? Yeah. Even more so right. now. You just now have all the money from New York. What the fuck is wrong with you? But anyway. You ha- you figured out the
2: most convoluted way to steal money from a bank, like is yeah. is that your fetish just very like a multiple multiple st- needlessly multiple step processes to yes. steal money.
0: Yeah, why
1: didn't you just steal cars?
2: yeah Yeah.
0: exactly (laughs) exactly yes (laughs) just have like a like like too fast for furious just steal like steal cars steal like all the cars you can find in New York then steal a container ship put them all on a container ship and then just ship them to Dubai or like Mm -hmm. Azerbaijan like I don't know whoever needs cars but you know take them elsewhere (laughs) and sell them so but anyway (laughs) uh, cars get your cars Spider-Man goes to the subway control center to try to fix the trains, which apparently the subway control center is underground midway through one of the tunnels for the subway trains. So you actually have to, like, walk the train Mm -hmm. track to get there. Um, I just assumed it was, like, in an office building somewhere that was attached to a subway station, but, you know, shows
2: what I know. I recently rewatched The Taking of Pelham One Two Three, so I kind hmm. of appreciated this scene where they show, like, the shitty technology that the <laughs> uh, New York subway day. uses. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and they're all just, like, these crazy brink- blinking lights, but somehow Spider-Man's able to see, like, oh, if this one train moves, then
0: we'll solve mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, so Spider-Man is down there, and he's trying to, like, get it all fixed, but this basically attaches Spider-Man to this heist as well, which then creates a little bit of a air that spider-man might be in cahoots with uh professor gizmo and jj says something to the fact that oh they must be working together and at this point in time in the cartoon it seems like they very well might be working together because spider-man just happens to be there every time (laughs) stuff gets stolen but then immediately we get a hot air balloon not a hot air balloon but a zeppelin uh, with a big like jumbotron attached to it flying outside the bugle building which is the flat iron building in new york with the spirit of st louis being dragged behind it and professor gizmo is basically yelling out hey i'm professor gizmo i know none of you knew who i was before and all this stuff was being done in secret and none of you could figure out who was doing it so i'm just announcing right now to the world that i exist and i'm the bad guy that's been stealing shit come find me
2: Yes, oh, and no. then Spider-Man should meet
0: him. And I'm I'm going to give you back all of your stuff. If Spider-Man comes to Herald Square, I will trade you everything I stole for Spider-Man noon tomorrow. Sorry. And I just want to say, if there's like one
1: guy talking with a cigar in his mouth, fine. But you had a second guy talking with a pipe in its mouth. Mm-hmm. What oh, the yeah. hell is <laughs> going on in this city?
2: I feel like uh, they they're just going to get bigger and bigger and the next guy's going to come in with just like a mouthful of uh of uh chewing tobacco
0: yeah yeah and then eventually it's going to be like the next guy's going to walk in like with, he's snorting just, snuff it's going to end with a teenage kid with like 20 cigarettes in his mouth just smoking them all at once, right. cartoon style
2: guys coming yeah. in with a uh, a giant vaporizer yeah. <laughs> It's like, like a volcano like, that shoots uh yeah I was, I was actually tubes just of like smoke like into a, his body a
0: Darth Vader mask that's just shooting nicotine smoke directly into his face <laughs> constantly. yeah yeah, oh man <laughs> that sounds uh, magical but they the anyway they they got to uh Harold Square noon the next day, and there's a fucking ooh, parade ooh, taking ooh. place that nobody's mentioned before, Yep. well, it's just it's thanksgiving it was Thanksgiving apparently. the next day. Apparently, it was Thanksgiving yeah. the next day. Exactly.
2: So there's a balloon with the head
1: of a bear, and I just want to know, why does this balloon skip like that? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: he's... F- <laughs> nice,
0: nice. He floats. He doesn't really actually need legs. Now, there was something that that I missed, that I, that I did say that I was going to go into later, and this was to prove Matt's point about... Professor Gizmo having to do crazy schemes with Spider-Man in order to fulfill mm-hmm. the will that would give him his parents' estate. And it is right, before, <laughs> right after Gizmo steals all the money from the bank vaults, he says something along the lines of, Next part of my plan is coming up, but first I have to secure all of the loot. And it shows all of these street-sweeping cars driving into this massive mansion that is on the edge of a cliff, seemingly in, like, New England somewhere, and then out from underneath the cliff opens up a, like, port where a ship comes out of it. So obviously he has already got all the money. Mm -hmm. This
2: felt like... Uh, a, a Hardy Boys book location where there's a mansion and underneath the mansion there's a cave with a boat in it.
0: Mm-hmm. This seems like the kind of thing the Hardy Boys would, would be involved in. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's, that's who Professor Gizmo's parents were. They were the Hardy Boys after they got common-law <laughs> married in Vermont. They adopted yeah. Professor Gizmo. So they were leaving all of their estate to Professor Gizmo and but they said you had mm-hmm. to you had to have some hijinks with Spider-Man first so well Tom found an egg donor mm. oh god <laughs> yeah no surrogate just an egg donor <laughs> yeah well no they
2: did I'm mean, again this is Professor Gizmo's parents so it's got to be complicated first yep, they found an right. egg donor then they found another woman to be the surrogate <laughs> Then they donated sperm and had it artificially
0: inseminated. Yes. But first they they created a device that would split the sperm in half so then they could fuse the sperm from two different mm-hmm. fathers together to make one super sperm.
2: Yes. They shrunk Spider-Man down and had him <laughs> ride the sperm.
0: <laughs> That's what the opening scene was. He had to
2: be the, involved. Yeah. Yeah he And they said, Spider Man, you you know that just like a spider, you love to ride semen. The uh like the Amazonian uh Willy Willy crawler. It's a very rare spider.
0: Yeah, it's it's a rare spider. They they actually um what happens is is they, they attach themselves to the uh Kandirhu in the Amazon basin and they lay their <laughs> eggs yeah. on the bottom of the Kandiru. and when the Kandiru swims up the urethra of a, of a man it basically the heat causes the spider eggs to release and they go further into the gonads <laughs> and then they ride the sperm oh out that way <laughs> <laughs> just you go to pee in the Amazon it's like your entire genital area is just exploded and destroyed I just picture like you're you're like urinating and just spiders are coming out like what the fuck <laughs> oh they went down the wrong no, hole oh god <laughs> I like the
2: idea that they're coming out and they're just they have they have little uh web parachutes. parachutes
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah they're just floating floating away drifting off in the breeze
1: but you know what kills spiders
2: coffee
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right So if you ever travel in the Amazon Basin, make sure to get your Blue Mountain coffee and put it in your bean Mm -hmm. hole. It creates a natural barrier. During this parade, back to the storyline, we're at this parade, uh, a giant Spider-Man balloon shows up in the parade and everybody is shocked to see it uh, because this must have been before they actually had the Spider-Man balloon in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. But at any rate... The Spider-Man balloon winds up releasing a paralyzing gas that winds up causing everybody to freeze except for Spider-Man because Spider-Man is wearing a mask, which yet again proves that properly wearing a mask protects you from being infected by others' gases. (laughs) So wear your fucking mask. Uh,
2: It's just, yeah, it's just a cotton mask, guys. It's not that hard. Yep.
1: And I like how the Spider-Man balloon is, like, being pushed backwards by the release of this gas.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he's shooting it out of his fingers. Like, there's no, there's no reason for it to shoot out of his fingers. It could have been emitted
0: from anywhere on the uh, balloon. Yeah, there didn't seem to be any ports or anything like that. But this does tell us that the gas is heavier than air, though, because as they release the gas, the balloon goes up a little bit, and the gas does go down towards the ground. Hitting everybody, so mm-hmm. so the science is sound on this one. This 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 show is absolutely scientifically accurate. So, do you think that this is where Tim Burton got
2: the idea for the f- the first Batman movie? Yes,
0: one hundred percent. Because when was that first Batman movie? It was nineteen eighty nine, right? I think it was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, it was like Living late in 80s. Berlin. I remember watching it in the theaters, and that was the first time I've ever watched a movie in the theaters and then wanted to watch it again the next day because it was so cool. <laughs> it was super cool at the time. I remember it at being the time, amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Kim Basinger so cool. was so
0: hot. And uh, uh, Michael Keaton was like a badass. I thought he was so hot. And uh, Jack Nicholson was so pasty so hot
2: uh that was just back when jack nicholson had like street cred yeah
0: yeah when he was still like a badass he's still like still riding the right. high off of the uh rough riders in uh all those like older <laughs> early 1980s late 1970s movies where he was uh that was like a decade nest. before yeah gas is coming down spider-man's not knocked out so he winds up laser webbing his way up to the balloon. And as soon as he webs onto the balloon, the balloon takes off into the air, pulling Spider-Man away while Spider-Man is lamenting uh, the fact that he's being carried away by a balloon. But Gizmo winds up capturing Spider-Man and sticking him into a giant test tube. And this is when he propositions Spider-Man. And he says, I need you to dive down to put this transmitter device on the El Conquistador. And this box here would we'll do the rest. And Spider Man says, I can't survive down to that those depths. And um, Professor Gizmo says, Sure you can. You and I both know that spiders can dive even deeper than that because they can make they can use their webbing to make a diving bell and they'll survive just fine. And I feel yeah. like this is when we realize the writers the writers of the show basically just watched a National Geographic episode and they were like, Oh, I'm going to write an episode of Spider-Man and it's going to be accurate. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Where they're like, Spider-Man, well, I guess I should become an expert on spiders, but... Yeah. They should have become experts on men. Exactly. Then it would be like,
0: then we would, this would actually make sense. <laughs> well, we get a little bit of backstory from Professor Gizmo because he has to uh, do his supervillain monologue and tell Spider-Man all about the box. And he got the box. He's basically
2: carrying around a laser printer. Like, it's enormous.
0: It's a giant, yes. He has a laser jet printer that runs things. He says that the box was created from when he was working with Richard Robbins. And we flash back to Richard Robbins, who has an even more supervillain sounding voice than Professor Gizmo. Mm -hmm. He's whisper evil. He's he's talking about how the box is going to uh, work in a certain way, and they will try it out on this obsolete robot. And we pan over to something that is far too advanced to exist in the 1980s, yeah. let alone the 70s, when this was supposed to take place. And they described it
1: as obsolete.
0: It looks like a love bot, but like a love enforcer. <laughs> yes, because instead of... Uh, like suction ports it has clamps so yeah (laughs) but anyway (laughs) you say there's a version there's a version of this that
2: instead of hands it just has just has some blowjob hoses
0: exactly yeah (laughs) and it just roams the streets (laughs) yeah yeah that's why it's obsolete now yeah it uh, got too clogged up i meant because it was pink and purple (laughs) Oh, got gotcha. you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like my version better. Um, uh, I do too. <laughs> but anyway, makes me want to
2: travel to New York in
0: the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't you see that uh, that uh, HBO show with James Franco? The,
2: uh, Deuce, the Deuce.
0: The Deuce. Yeah, yeah that was I love that was totally child. a season of the Deuce. Was when. James Franco's little brother, <laughs> or twin brother, yeah. Yeah. made the sucking robot. Invents a suckbot. Exactly. And just yeah. releases it into the streets. He... And, that's when, and, havoc uh, ensues. and that's when like the pimps got pissed and they had to go kill it. Uh, and the mafia gets involved. For some reason, the mafia gets involved. And for some reason, right. the mafia defends James Franco's little brother when they're like, Hey! The suck bots costing us money. What's up? <laughs> and sucking up all our profits. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about I I, it. I don't, I don't know what a mafia man sounds like.
2: Anyway. Oh, we, no, no. That's exactly the, what they sound like. I see them oh, sometimes. Okay. I go to a
0: mafia coffee place. Anyway, in this flashback, we see uh, Professor Gizmo then yanks the box away from richard robbins and says not so fast dicky and uh basically controls the robot to then attack and kill uh richard robbins we flash back to present day when uh professor gizmo was talking to spider-man and he says uh oh yeah um he's safe somewhere he's wherever he might be he's safe because again they can't show anybody getting hurt or killed in this show
2: this is like the most egregious continuity of or like loose
0: end that they don't tie up yes yep and i'm sure that like richard robbins is probably going to become like some sort of supervillain that surpasses professor gizmo in some way i don't know
2: no because he's going to starve to death because uh, it's clear that professor gizmo has him locked up somewhere but professor gizmo uh Spoilers at the end of the episode is dragged off to sea. Um, so I guess that's true. He dies. Yeah. Spider-Man has condemned
0: Richard to death because he's just stuck in a uh, broom closet somewhere, being sucked and clamped to death while yeah. starving. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's just he's just, his hollow eyes and sunken cheeks clawing clawing feebly at the at the mop head. No. <laughs> no no i always dreamed i would die like this but it's too soon
0: (laughs) i haven't finished my masterpiece yet (laughs) we cut back and spider-man finally says okay i'll do it only if there's proof that you gave everything back and professor gizmo says would you believe jj and then he calls jj jj up and jj confirms everything's been given back at this point JJ's in a helicopter
2: broadcasting and he at this point he also seems to know exactly what Professor Gizmo is doing and he calls it a legal salvage. Like this whole yes. time this was a legal thing for him to do. He could have just asked Spider-Man's help.
0: Yeah and really up to this point well I guess I guess the paralyzing stealing all the money was bad and paralyzing all the people. Yeah, I guess he has committed a ton of crimes at <laughs> this point. So, never mind. Yes, no. <laughs> I was going to say, they, at this point, it's only kidnapping But, they but, are but crimes. no. No, yeah, he did He did a bunch of stuff to
2: people. <laughs> no. Um, no, he's a monster.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, JJ knows exactly what's going on, and he's got an underwater camera that he winds up uh, sending down on a tether to follow Spider Man yep. down as he goes to this legal salvage. This is
1: for JJ's network. It, because J.J. is a millionaire who cr- created his own news network for the sole purpose of insulting his personal
2: enemies in the media. <laughs> it's a hellish vision of what we know is to
0: come. All of this stuff is like taking place to the narration of J.J. after this as well, because J.J. is up in his helicopter trying to basically broadcast the news and tell people what's going on. So Spider-Man makes a uh, diving bell for himself out of webbing and then tethers the the bell to uh professor gizmo's ship and dives into the water and this is when we get every single water adventure trope thrown at us all at once
2: so <laughs> yeah the other thing to think about is like when he's when he attaches his webbing he must have been standing there for like an hour just shooting enough webbing to create a thousand a feet, really long rope, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got thousands of feet of webbing of rope out of his. So, like, there must have been a cut in between where he's just shooting,
0: shooting. He's just shooting, shooting ropes, shooting all over the deck. Just, it's whoosh. just his stamina. <laughs> so, after Spider-Man shoots a thousand feet of long sticky ropes, um, he dives <laughs> into the water. White sticky. He gets attacked by a an octopus. And he jumps out of the diving bell, fights the octopus, and his web shooters work perfectly underwater.
1: Yeah, because apparently this uh, diving bell is water type but not uh, Spider-Man-type. <laughs> also, he uh, he does the normal thing of trying to set up his uh, film camera.
0: Yes. To- <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. His 1970s film camera. Yeah. Uh, and also... the the tv camera is there
1: did the tv camera like see him set up the camera right camera and like reveal what he's been doing all along Uh
0: uh-huh and what didn't jj look at that and be like wait that's parker's camera because at the beginning of this episode jj did take peter parker's camera away from him during the gala or during the Mm -hmm. uh charity event so that he would focus on collecting money and not taking photos so he should have a knowledge of what that of whose camera that is. So
2: Peter Parker does seem like the type of like idiot who would have like a sticker that says "Property of Peter Parker" on his camera.
0: <laughs> yes, but no, I, I actually had that written in my notes. I don't know why I completely skipped that. But yeah, that it. As soon as he pulled his camera, out, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get shots of this underwater." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? How many kids watch this and ruin their parents' thousand dollar cameras?" <laughs> and also drowned. So Spider-Man sets up his camera. We never see the camera again. So I'm assuming he just sort of mm. like shot it with some webbing and then it just floated down to the bottom of the ocean. Again, he's incredibly wasteful with his things. Yes, yes. That's why he's poor. He he dives out of the diving bell, fights the octopus, winds up tying it up with his uh, with his webbing, throws it off into the distance, gets back into the bell, and then makes a comment about how he was running out of air. So the water pressure is not a concern, it's just the air that's creating an issue. Which, at this point in time, I was like, why didn't she just yeah. give him a fucking scuba tank then? He didn't even have to make this fucking <laughs> bell. Mm-hmm. And if I were Spider-Man doing this thing... If if Peter Parker was doing this, why didn't he just say to Professor Gizmo, I'll do this because I could survive the horrendous depths, but give me an air supply. He gets to the El, El Conquistador, and then a, a school of swordfish starts swimming at him and past him and start cutting up the diving bell, I think is what they're trying to show there. Uh, it was kind of hard to see because this is an older cartoon and it's not in the best of quality. It was a little degraded. so The transfer is terrible. But he 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 slaps the transmitter on the El Conquistador and then Professor Gizmo says, great, I got it, I'm bringing it up now, but you have to guide it out by the rudder. So Spider-Man then swims out and starts like pushing the El Conquistador out. And as soon as it's free of the cave that it was in, he gets back into the diving bell and um, Professor Gizmo cuts loose the webbing on the deck. Dun, dun, dun. Double crossing Spider-Man. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, I wish there was some sort of
2: foreshadowing that that helped us to understand that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, like maybe Professor Gizmo talking it out and actually playing through some sort yeah. of scenario like this with some dollies.
2: No, no, Benny, we need some sort of diagram. <laughs> <laughs> or diorama. What,
0: this this guy's a scientist, right? What do scientists use? Well, scientists use modeling. Excellent, get some models in there, set up some dioramas. Yeah. Put in there some doll... No, no, some no. models... Go. The modeling is usually like computer models. Yeah, yeah. Who use computers, too? They'll be in the background. Don't worry about it, Benny. We got it. We got it. Don't worry your pretty little head about it, Benny. (laughs) Damn. Poor Benny. Is Benny getting harassed? I think so. I think so.
2: Benny, yeah. He's clearly getting bullied. Then we get more more of uh, every Spider-Man's underwater adventure.
0: And we yeah. fight a shark, underwater shenanigans, yeah. And see, this is this is when, yeah. and I didn't mention it earlier, but this is when we kind of get into like a weird, where are they? Question, because in the very beginning, the um, charity yacht event was taking place in the Chesapeake, which is a fuck long way away from New York. So they had to be like New out York, on that yes. boat for hours to get down to Chesapeake Bay. To the to the point of Cape Hatteras, even where the where the monitor was supposed to have been sunk. So, well, that would I, have been. It might be
2: that uh, Professor Gizmo, like timed it out and and dragged the uh, monitor up there, or or drove it up from the Chesapeake Bay. Because after that, Spider Man no, has to get on a plane to go to go, to, to, go DC. Back to DC.
0: But no, it doesn't because they even yeah. mention. That it it was in the Chesapeake Bay. The newscasters said it was from the Chesapeake Bay, is when it was where they saw the monitor (laughs) come up. So, like, they're all over the place. And, like, now it's like, okay, you go down to get the El Conquistador. Okay. I'm assuming that's in the Atlantic somewhere. It sounds like it's Spanish. It was probably supposed to be one of those. That'd be in the Caribbean. Yeah. So it would have been, like, significantly farther south. But then they have a great white shark come in here, which are really only found off of the coast of uh, Cape Hope, down in South Africa. <laughs> so, like, where the fuck are you? Did this was this like a great white just just escaped from the zoo? Like, what happened? They did limited research.
2: They limited. They just researched weird old sh- uh, boats, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and not even properly too, because. As, as I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, the old Conquistador, the closest ship I was able to find online, was a 1755-line ship that was built in part of the Spanish Armada that was then captured in 1762 by the uh, British Navy, and which then went into service for the British military, and it became the HMS Conquistador. And it was essentially a 60-gun gunship, it it wasn't a transport yes. ship. And the, the ship that they well, pulled this, out of the water. They show the was
2: conquistador like a, yeah, yeah. It looks like a Mississippi steamship.
0: Exactly. Like uh it looks like <laughs> yeah. it's something more between.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great White Shark shows up, it eats the camera. JJ's underwater camera. So now JJ can no longer see what's going on. Spider Man hides behind some seaweed. And the shark swims away from him, and he makes a comment about how stupid sharks are. And then we pan around the seaweed, and it's revealed that Spider-Man's actually standing inside of a giant clam. So we have to have the giant clam trope Mm -hmm. here, too. He swims out before the clam has the chance to bite down on him. And by this point in time, the diving bell has already been shredded by the great white shark. And this is when he gets the best of the great white shark attaches his webbing to it, and then attaches the webbing to the shark, to the El Conquistador, and we cut to the top of the El Conquistador where we see um, Professor Gizmo step out onto the deck. And the great white shark essentially rips the very front of the ship apart with uh, Professor Mm -hmm. Gizmo sitting on the ship, basically being pulled out to sea. And then the, the... both the submersible that uh, Professor Gizmo was driving around in and the remaining portion of the El Conquistador sink at the same time, creating a maelstrom.
1: Nordstrom. Yeah,
0: it creates a Nordstrom, a Nordstrom rack. It creates a Nordstrom rack. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh,
2: Spatter's man like, I can't escape the deals! I can't! <laughs> Uh, all I came in for was a belt. Because as you know, he need, he needs new clothes.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nice. So at, at, at this point in time, uh, Robbie, who's in the helicopter with J.J., convinces J.J. that he should save Spider-Man because he's on camera and it would look good if he were to save Spider-Man. So J.J. acquiesces. They get Spider-Man up onto the helicopter. And then uh, Robbie takes a photo of J.J. looking very confused and scared by the fact that Spider-Man's in a helicopter with him. And then they fly back. And we get a button to the episode where J.J. is basically being abusive towards Peter Parker, complaining about him not getting shots of J.J. saving Spider-Man, and Peter Parker uh, promising that the next time J.J. saves Spider-Man, he will be there to take a photo. And JJ mm-hmm. goes, "What? I'm never saving that web slinger again," or something like that. And then cut to credits. What'd you think, guys? Beautiful. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask: did do you guys did you guys ever watch this version of Spider-Man when you were kids? Because I don't think I did.
1: Uh, I I want to say no, but. When they played the uh transition scene with the like the webs and that music sting that yeah. just had a sense memory
0: to me. Okay. Okay. Interesting.
2: Where they where they overlap? Yeah, and like yeah.
1: specifically the sound.
2: I yeah, never yeah. watched it. Um but it's a like it's it's a meme classic. Like it's it it's such a uh iconic crap hole that I've like heard about it and, and knew it. It's I knew it's a legend. Uh
1: iconic crap hole. That's that's the episode
2: title.
0: I don't think I ever watched it as a kid either. Um did you like it though? Did you guys like this?
2: It's a hot, steaming mess. It's such a
0: mess. Yeah. It is. It is. It is one of the other issues and this is something we keep on running into is after a certain age A lot of these cartoons are relatively degraded. It's hard to actually watch them because for whatever reason, uh, the master copy was just not good. Maybe it was on like uh, magnetic film and it wound up degrading over time. Or maybe it was just not uh, uploaded to whatever site that we're using to watch the episode on. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're not really going for quality. But this is in the 1970s genre where they crammed, like, 40 minutes worth of stuff into a 20-minute cartoon. Because they were all over the yeah. fucking place on this thing. They were jumping around. A cool yeah, I think there's train. one part
1: where they just, like, glossed over Spider-Man fixing the, uh, subway. Like the subway trains. Yeah. The subway. They, we, they yeah, did,
2: we never see him move the train. Yep. He just says he's going to do it, and then later they're like, and the subway's done. fixed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think that this did also suffer from the issue of uh, poor animation quality because they did overseas the animation for their show. They oversees it to a very good animation company that created a lot of really good uh, work, but they probably also didn't want to pay a whole lot for it and try to churn it out within a couple of months, which is kind of the norm from what we found. So it's not visually the best but I kind of like yeah. how fucking crazy it is. I kind of like how, like, just goddamn ridiculous the whole thing is.
2: It's balls to the wall where they're like, oh, it's not enough that, like, he's going to find and trap Spider-Man. Like, no, we need multiple times of him failing and going on a ki- bizarre multi, uh, multi-location multi crime spree to get our yeah. point across. And then also, really the point where they have... Um, the spirit of St. Louis in it is completely pointless. Like, th- that whole sequence yeah, could yeah. be cut. There's, it is unnecessary for the plot.
0: Yep. Yeah. Like, they very well could have just left it at, oh, I have a million dollars worth of donations from J.J., and I'll just demand, use this as ransom right. and just demand for Spider-Man to show up to get this back.
2: Right, and the only the only person he needs to, to believe
0: him is Spider-Man so yeah because that's who he's trying to capture yeah and even then he could have just like put out he could have just gone to the newspaper and put out an ad saying hey wanted superhuman person that can survive deep deaths for a legitimate salvage cut you in on part of the deal boom done right again yeah
2: it was legal <laughs> he could have just tried to, to contact spider-man or like
0: yeah or just done something or as as i was re- researching earlier the deepest scuba diver has gone to a thousand feet. Uh, bell diving could take you down, or not bell diving, but the uh, uh, deep sea scuba suits uh, can get you down to like two thousand feet. And fucking bell divers could go <laughs> deep; they can go even deeper than that. So,
2: yeah, uh, they can ring my he bell. Could've,
0: he could have just hired like a undersea construction team, or even like a guy. Because he has all of the equipment himself. He can just be like, hey, I just need somebody to go down there. Here's all my equipment. Just use what I got. I just need to pay for your time. So.
2: Well, he's got all these crazy devices. He's got a robot. He could have had an autonomous drone. That's like...
0: true. He could have taken the sex robot away from Dickie yeah. and just <laughs> sent that down there. And that could have yeah. just put the, the device on the side of the, the El Conquistador. Jeez.
2: Yeah, I mean, he just... I mean a little bit is it's like a he does he can't reassign the assets like he's got this Rube Goldberg device where he's like well I can't use the suck body it's keeping Dickie quiet.
0: <laughs> what do you think David? What are your opinions on this?
2: I don't think there's a lot of
1: creativity in in the series but I really do want to see the episode where he shrunk He's like <laughs> has to jump around on a typewriter
2: to,
0: to spell out something. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, because
2: like like the Undersea Adventure in this one, you know you're going to get every shrunken trope. It's going to be, you know, uh, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, you know, the Incredible Shrinking Man. You know, it's a, all of the uh, I'm a Tiny Creature tropes will be crammed yeah, yeah. into that episode.
0: Yeah, and it'll be like a, an hour worth of those tropes in 20 minutes. Just throwing them at your rapid fire, basically. Yeah.
2: And I I hate to say it that I agree with you, Adam, is in that uh, I want to eliminate all the Spider-Mans, but there's so clearly like horrible, rancid meat for us to feast on here. There's there's a rotting carcass of that shark at the ocean floor that we need to attach our uh, our lamprey suck mouths to wrestle off some comedy gristle.
0: Okay, so should we do like an official vote for it? Because I was actually going to try to vote it (laughs) off, just because we do have, we still have, I think, five Spider-Mans on here. Not to mention the ones that are in the uh, graveyard that I'm probably going to vote back on sometime.
2: We're still trapped in this loveless marriage with Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spider-Man. I like him.
0: Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I (laughs) care.
1: So, So, Adam, you're voting this off?
0: I would vote it off. I would say this is terrible, mainly because it just hurt my eyes and my ears and my soul. <laughs> <laughs> That's all.
2: Um, I'm gonna I'm say? gonna disagree, and I'm gonna say that there there's uh, there's marrow in these bones. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: you know, I gotta see that that tiny
2: Spider-Man.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> right, <ride>, Farron. <laughs> you think
2: you think that'll rekindle the romance? for us, David.
0: <laughs> that, that might be it. That might be it, yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, it's, it's not, it I don't around. want you to role play, but could you just, could you be really small? Because I think that would do it for me.
0: <laughs> you, to be you. Don't do any funny voices or like put on a different outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, put on that outfit. You, put on the one you wear. Yeah. That's you the know the outfit. But just get yeah. smaller. Just shrink down in here, just, just hold this coffee bean. Yeah, hold this bean and just <laughs> climb right up in my bean hole. <laughs> now we're gonna play... Avoid the hammer. <laughs> also, why don't we have, why don't we have yep. the, uh, the Japanese Spider-Man on here? The Spidora Man, where he has the giant robot that he... rides. I'm gonna add that to the wait list.
1: Mm.
2: you do that we need just what we needed more Spider-Man Adam's Adams like the boyfriend where he's like I think we should see other people and
0: you're like no I refuse no I'm I'm like the boyfriend that's like I think we should see other people but they all need to look exactly like you <laughs> you're right. I think we should see other people I'm gonna see your sister
1: <laughs> oh god <laughs> so, so Matt
2: <laughs> yeah
1: would you let your child
2: watch this <laughs> I'm going to have to go with no <laughs> it's, it's garbage and there isn't a single female character what about that old lady that was
0: getting mugged
2: <laughs> she doesn't even appear on camera and there's some scenes in there that feel a little questionable in terms of their race relations so I'm going to go with no
1: So, oh, Matt, what what changes would you I like see. to make to the list? <laughs> Damn the it. list.
0: What were you saying, Adam? I was saying I was hoping it was gonna be me, because I was gonna vote this one of the Spider-Mans back on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Alright, I have I have three
2: things. First I want to ask is yeah. can I banish something from the wait list forever? No. Uh, I'm gonna go with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, so I was thinking that either I would add in uh, Hulk Hogan and his amazing wrestlers, mm-hmm. which sounds really, really bad. Yeah, it does. Or row 66. Uh, I want to get rid of the show called Gargoyles.
1: Oh. What?
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You asshat. (laughs) (laughs) You ass. You know that's not going to hold up. (laughs) You know, somebody's going to be putting that back in. You know, in like 20 years from now, somebody's going to be reading through the list, (laughs) and Derek's going to be like, oh, we didn't watch Gargoyles. I got to put that back in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This will be the. I'm hoping this is the one that ends the podcast.
0: <laughs> well, Matt, you uh,
2: you have the next
1: two redemptions, so okay.
2: In that case, oh, so goodness. I'm not I'm not really gonna eliminate gargoyles. I'm gonna add <laughs> uh, I'm gonna add in Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. And was the
1: net? What was your second thing?
2: Uh, could you, we had the ability to wait things, right? Yes. Yeah, can can I increase the weight of the Pirates of Dark Water? Okay, thank you, David. I I appreciate that. And also, Gargoyles' days are numbered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got it in, the, in your crosshairs. You're gonna take that out. Yeah, it's going down. Um, I just still like the fact that last time we like we rejoicing for just a moment because we thought it was gonna be Pirates of Dark Water that it turned out to be Plastic Man.
2: I'm honestly a little more excited about Plastic Man because I've never seen it, and it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, sure I'm, I'm trepidatious because I have such fun memories of Pirates of Darkwater, but I know it's garbage.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think <laughs> I tried watching it again in, like, 2010, 2012, sometime around there. And, like, I think I watched, like, three episodes. And I was like, oh, really? I used to love yeah. this thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's gonna break our hearts. It is.
0: It really
2: I don't is. know if I can take that after Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is up next for us, David?
1: I Think I should roll?
2: We want cartoons twenty-six hours a day.
0: Yes, right. roll them bones. Find big, out what we're gonna be watching. Big monies next time. Big monies no whammies. 271 ooh we're going up right 271 Mario Brothers bitches what What? yeah that's 273 270 was uh, M period A period S period K why is there not a period behind the K I'll fix that I got it don't worry guys I got it Perfect. All right, it's fixed. I like the
2: idea that it's not a popper acronym. It's just mass.
0: Oh, well, first
1: off, it's going to be episode fifty-one.
2: Nice. Ooh, episode fifty-one in our sweet spot. Perfect. Right when they're tired and weak. Yeah, right.
0: They're about to be done. <laughs> the penultimate. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're when they're phoning in every part of the show. Uh huh. <laughs> That's where our bread and
0: butter lies. All right,
2: that's that is going to be
0: you, Adam. Oh no! Ooh, nice. Oh, Damn, Adam! Excellent. On a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Mario Bro- Super Mario Brothers Super Show, uh, episode fifty-one, Star Koopa. And next time on Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching. Chip Bandales Rescue Rangers Rescue Rangers um, Number thirty two <laughs> Prehysterical Pet Ah,
2: uh, I am excited about Rescue Rangers. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. I have to assume and it is, is is as magical as I remember.
0: Yes. I have to assume so as well. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah, and DuckTales was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have to assume this one's gonna be pretty decent. So. Uh and um Ooh, Mario Brothers is gonna be coming out on May Day. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh yeah, One Universe Theory, I think we covered that. That was uh yeah. yeah. Um, Professor Gizmo trying to get into Carmen San Diego's pants.
1: Plus, uh, we're not really putting it in the show anymore. We're only doing it when uh, Mike or Derek are here. You know, it's just for
0: us. Yeah, we can we can cut the Adam spoils everything out All of right. this episode if you want to keep me from uh, spoiling <laughs> that. <coughs> oh, that's got to be a podcast. Adam, well, there, there's Adam already spoils the, uh, everything.
2: It's already a TV show. No, that's Adam ruins everything. Uh, That's Adam ruins, yes. (laughs) So, why do we... So, we need something that's worth, like, again, like, we're like eight-year-olds. Well, you didn't say go around the door. You didn't say Adam destroys everything.
0: You didn't say that Adam... You didn't say Adam smooches everything. You didn't say Adam makes a stinky poo-poo of everything. Yes, that's why I smooshed this sticky poo-poo into my spoiled face hole. Blah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
2: at any rate, I have continued to have the voice and face and body of Matt.
0: I'm, uh, I am am like the, the hot dog man that is Adam. I'm made from the... Anuses and hooves <laughs> of various pigs. You're the you're the you're the, the dark claw of our uh, podcast. <laughs> I <laughs> I am the night I am the dark claw of amazingly terrible. <laughs> you can call me Adam,
1: and I am the eternally smiling Thanksgiving parade float, David.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. Truly
1: nice. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at Amazingly Terrible.com. I'm sorry, you guys are sort of like cutting out, so I thought that was. Were we not doing introductions?
2: That was it. We did introductions. Okay, David, can you hear us? Uh, sometimes. Can
0: you hear me? Sometimes. Um, oh, can, can,
2: can we do a podcast? Can, can we, we do a podcast this way?
0: Are we allowed yeah. to
1: podcast? Yeah, go ahead and do
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and do it.
1: <laughs> Perform
2: for me. <laughs>